It's Friday, May 27th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, another tough one Thursday night in Detroit. Uh, Miguel Cabrera with the bottom of the ninth RBI single to walk it off for the Tigers. Uh, they beat the Guardians 4-3. to three. Uh, Trevor Steffen, uh, again, uh, his last couple outings, haven't been uh, exactly a, a sure thing like they were the the first time the first uh, you know couple of months of the season, uh, and and again the same story you know stop me if you've heard it before, uh, Guardians get a couple of runs early but then uh, you know, the offense shuts down. Yeah, definitely they get the three runs in the uh, in the third inning, Joe, and then nothing. You know, Scooble uh, did it. You know, did a nice job against them, and uh, they couldn't do anything against. Uh, the Tiger bullpen and uh, Miguel Cabrera kind of finds a fountain of youth again uh, against uh, against Cleveland and uh, comes through that big hit in in the ninth inning to to beat him to walk him off. Yeah, it's the the second year in a row that the uh, the first game of the season at Comerica Park that Cleveland has has been uh, beaten by Miguel Cabrera himself. Uh, if you remember last year in the snow, it was his. Opposite field, two home, uh, two run homer, and then uh, an, an impressive play at first base, and and you know Miggy comes up and and, and beats the Guardians there. Uh, and that now he, he walks him off in the ninth inning. Uh, the situation might have called for a little more strategy than than maybe uh, uh, the, the Guardians displayed there at the end. Yeah, you know, I got a couple um, messages from our subtext uh, subscribers saying they should have walked. Uh, Cabrera with first base open, you know, I, I, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, that, that would have been, uh, a, a, you know, a, you could have done that, you know, definitely, uh, especially after Shoup, uh, you know, went to third on the wild pitch, you know, you set up the double play Baez is next and he's been struggling. Yeah. Uh, and Cabrera, that was his third hit of the night. So, uh, you know, I did not ask Tito about that. Uh, we'll have to ask him today. Yeah, that's just. Uh, he, I, I can understand maybe, maybe Tito was thinking you get back to back strikeouts and you get out of it because Cabrera is as much of a strikeout candidate as anybody. But you're also talking about a generational hitter, and all he needs to do is put the ball in play in order to get that run home or to get a chance to score that run from third. So uh, I, I could see both sides of, of maybe the strategy there. You know, playing for you know trying to strike both. Uh, Cabrera and Baez out because you know Baez is up there swinging no matter what. So uh, yeah, just an interesting way to end the game. Uh, I thought uh, there were moments where uh, you know there were some at bats where the, uh, the 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 younger Guardians hitters might have looked a little anxious uh, trying to trying to scratch some things out. But again, uh, it's it's falling into a pattern. Uh, you know, seven or more runs in games that they win. Uh, two or two and a half, uh, you know, or or more runs in games they lose. They're they're hitting their margins right now. Yeah, I mean, in the last three games, Joe, they've what they've scored three runs, one run, and three runs. That's uh, seven runs in uh, what uh, twenty seven innings. I don't think you're going to win a whole lot of games that way. And uh, uh, they just uh, it just you know I I don't know you know I guess. You know, Reyes is out of the the, the lineup now. I, I don't think he was a big, you know, he wasn't doing a whole lot before, but at least he was a presence. So uh, Naylor is struggling. It looks like he's come back to the pack a little bit. 
uh, but they they need to generate something, some runs somewhere. Yeah, uh, we want to talk about that. Uh, prior to uh, Thursday night's game, the Guardians made a flurry of moves uh, on the roster. They uh, the anticipated move to put uh, Aaron Savali on the injured list uh, that happened, and they brought up Connor Pilkington to start the game. But they also moved Fran Mil Reyes to the injured list with a hamstring issue, and they designated Yu Chang for assignment that cleared up two more roster spots they filled those with uh uh richie palacios who's been back and forth a couple of times from columbus and uh kind of a bit of a surprise i think in bringing up oscar gonzalez this was a guy who was uh tearing the cover off the ball in uh columbus i I think it was another one of those uh guys who you felt had had pretty much reached the limits of what he could learn at triple a and now you got to give him a shot in the big leagues. And, and he came up and made his major league debut. Yeah. And, and, and it was a nice debut, a good debut for him. Uh, singled in his first at bat. Then he gives him a chance in the ninth, uh, you know, with a double, uh, one out double, uh, really, uh, you know, set him up to, uh, you know, take the lead. But uh, the two guys behind him, uh, Ernie Clement and uh, Mercado, you know, you know, couldn't get, couldn't, you know, bring him home. So they strand, uh, you know, the go ahead run at second base, but uh, it was nice to see the eighth uh, uh, Gonzalez is the eighth rookie to make his big league debut in the first 41 games this year, Joe, when, uh, when the guardians say they're the youngest roster in the big leagues, they're, they're trying hard to uh, keep the title right there. They're trying hard to keep, uh, to keep, <laughs> to stay in first place in that regard. Yeah, uh, 20, what, 24 years old, uh, uh, Oscar Gonzalez is. Um, down at AAA, he was hitting 282 uh, with an 814 OPS, nine home runs, 33 RBIs. Uh, it was, it, you know, in his, his minor league career, it's, it's pretty extensive, you know, 2,000 uh, uh, career uh, minor league at, at bats. And, you know, it's right on his average. He's about 281, uh, 761 uh, OPS with, uh, 77 career home runs, 336 career minor league RBIs. So uh, he came up, uh, had two hits in his, his major league debut. Uh, I think a lot of people were uh, excited just to see what he could do. The big question for him, obviously, is going to be uh, just getting acclimated to the speed of the game and, you know, right field uh, or wherever he plays in the outfield as as he gives him a chance out there. Uh, you expect him to, to play, uh, to to, to line up mostly at DH uh, while, while Framil is out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he moved really well in uh, right field. Uh, Frank Conan was saying, you know, he goes left to right very well. He's still a kind of a work in progress going back on the ball, but he's got a good arm. He can run big guy, six, six, four, two thirty. Um, you know, I think he's, you know, he, they need power. They need a run producer. And especially with Reyes, on the injured list and uh, he'll get a chance. He's going to, I would imagine he's here to play every day, uh, you know, for as long as uh, Reyes is out. Right. And, and that flexibility there, you, you might want to, you, you, you got to see what he can do in the outfield. So you might play him a little bit more than you would play Fran Mill in right field. You know, Fran Mill was getting, uh, you know, one start maybe every couple of weeks or, or during double headers, he would, he would start out there in the outfield. So, you know, maybe this uh, gives you a little more flexibility in that regard as well, especially against the lefty in, in the lineup when you can put uh, 
uh, you know, Rosario at shortstop then and, and play, you know, Mercado in left field. So, uh, yeah, that all those moves. And then, you, you know, it, part of that was probably in order to get uh, Gonzalez up here, you had to make a move on the 40 man. And that was the DFA uh, for Chang. Uh, Yu Chang uh, looks like, uh, you know, unless they, they can work a deal to, to trade him somewhere, uh, you know, maybe there's a possibility he goes back to Columbus. Yeah, he could follow the same route as uh, Bobby Bradley unless, uh, you know, they're, they're able to trade him. They have seven days to trade him, release him, or, uh, you know, put him on waivers. Um, so, um, you know, Chang has been in the organization for a long time, since 2014, international free agent that they signed uh, out of uh, Taiwan. And, um, you know, just, uh, I don't know, Joe, I, I don't know. We never got a read on this guy. Is he a player or isn't he a player? It's, it's, it's really interesting. I, you know, I thought he was coming around the second part of last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he hit 280 from July on uh, to the end of the year, hit seven home runs. I think he had, you know, like 20, 20 RBIs. Uh, he started to look more confident, but uh, this year he just got beat out by Owen Miller. Then he, you know, he, he lost it over a month to COVID. And, you know, when they, when he came back, we didn't see him. He played one game and that was it. Yeah. He only really got what 10 at bats this season. Not much of a, a tryout. I, you know, I was saying in, in spring training, I think uh, if any team should be interested in Yu Chang, maybe it's uh, maybe it's the, the Diamondbacks. Uh, he seems to play so well in Arizona and then everywhere outside of Arizona, <laughs> you know, he, he sort of loses that. Uh, it's like Samson with his hair cut off, but, uh, but this year he, he grew a mullet, which I, I just, I don't get. But, uh, <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> you know, and, and no, the problem is he's such a nice guy. He's, he's, he's a really good guy and you wish all the best for him, but you know, he, he's like Bobby Bradley. Maybe he's caught in that, like, you know, four a sort of position where you're, you're better than the triple a guys, but you're, you're, you're not quite a major league guy uh, or, or, you know, maybe you've got something more that you need to, to show or prove. Uh, in order to stick somewhere. Uh, so, and, and again, it, it might just be a matter of opportunity right now. There, there just isn't any for, for either of those guys. Yeah. And uh, you know, I thought Chang, you know, showed he could play more than one position. You know, he moved around the infield pretty well at the, you know, took the first base, well, second base, short third. I think they'll be able to trade him, Joe. I really do. I think, uh, He's an interesting guy. Uh, he's out of options. That's you know that probably works against him a little bit because anybody they that that they trade him to is going to have to keep him in the big leagues. Um, and maybe you know he clears waivers and they just outright him back to uh, Columbus. I don't. He doesn't have enough time to uh, re- refuse the outright. And I'm I'm pretty sure this is the first time he would be outrighted if he clears waivers. Yeah. So the chance that he could go back to Columbus and and make that a, a crowded roster as well. But who do you, who do you move out of there in, in Columbus? If you, if you need to clear a roster spot for them, they got plenty of guys there. Again, we're going to uh, excited over the next couple of weeks here uh, during road trips to, uh, to head out and see uh, some of these guys in, in double a, and maybe down to triple a uh, the, the George Valera's and the, you know, Jose Tania and those guys down in, in Akron, we, we need to get down there and, and put eyes on some of these guys because the way things are going right now, they, they could be up sooner rather than later. 
Yeah, definitely. Valera is really uh, coming on in, in Akron, showing a lot of power. Um, so that's been, uh, you know, I'm sure he's on their radar as well. If if this thing is, if they're not going to win at the big league level, if this thing is, you know, got to kind of go south on them, you know, now is the time to, you know, I would I would imagine they they, they want to see some of these guys, you know, and have have them get up here and make their big league debuts and see what they can do and, you know, for to get ready for a 2022, I mean, 23, 24, 25. And well, with uh, one and two again in the first three games against the Tigers, that's uh, that's an indication that things aren't going very well record wise. We, we talked about this. Uh, on a previous podcast, and, and you mentioned it yourself uh, in, a, in a post you wrote. But, you know, right now, uh, you know, seven, eight games out of, uh, of, of first place, they're, uh, they're, in, they're in danger of, of really sort of slipping away quickly. Yeah, and, and this is a stretch, you know, a stretch of games where, you know, they should be able to take advantage of it. But right now, they're kind of uh, in the same, the same stew as, uh, as Detroit, as uh, – you know the, the teams are going to be facing uh, in in this stretch of games. They're you know the Detroit, Kansas City, Baltimore, Texas, Oakland. All those teams are on the roster on the on the schedule right now. They're coming up, but uh, I don't know if we can sit here and say you know the Guardians have a have a big edge over any of those clubs. Right. Yeah. It, it, this would be a time a stretch in the schedule where if they if they could go. Uh, on a little bit of a run, then maybe that would change the course of the uh, the season beyond that. But, you know, if they play 500 ball through that, I, I can't imagine that, you know, the the organizational philosophy would change about trying to win now versus, uh, you know, developing and building for the future. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, they just, um, I don't know. It's, and, you know, obviously, you know, that, that, it was kind of a disappointing game last night. Pilkington, you know, really didn't pitch well, you know, but I, as a whole, you know, the, the, the rotation has pitched better. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, police act stubbed his toe in Houston, but uh, overall they've, they've done a pretty good job. So, you know, if they are going to make a move, Joe, I mean, this is the time to do it, to get kind of back in the race and at least back in the uh, wild card uh, situation. Right, yeah, that's the you know this year the, the the playoffs expanded, so it should be easier to make the uh, the postseason than it did than it has been in the last couple of years. But you know who knows if if that's even on the radar right now. Uh, you mentioned Pilkington last night. Uh, you know, kind of struggled, but kind of got. Uh, you know, it, it, what he he went three innings, three and two thirds. Three, three and two thirds. Three and a third. Three and a third. Three and a third. And, you know, he's coming off a, a, a game where he was supposed to start Wednesday night and they bumped him. So, you know, even even something like that could mess with a young pitcher's timing. You mess up his routine or whatever, and, and he's, he's not as, as strong as you anticipated. Plus, some of those guys aren't maybe necessarily as stretched out as they, they might have needed to be. So uh, they'll, they'll definitely give him at least one more chance while Savali is uh, on the sidelines. Uh, uh, recuperating his sore gluteus. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the good thing with uh, uh, Pilkington is, you know, the two starts have been really similar, you know, with uh, t- against Toronto and, and Detroit. It, and and si- by similar, I mean, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy faced like 13 hitters in the first two innings 
and Detroit only scored three runs. I mean, this could have been, you know, 10 to nothing uh, very easily. And then, uh, you know, he, he had one, you know, he goes in, in the third inning, you know, it's, he only faces four guys. So he's getting a little better, but then, you know, he, he runs into problems again, two walks in a single in, in the, uh, in the fourth, but he, he does limit damage. He, you know, he, he can get a strikeout to trying to convince him to throw his fastball more, uh, you know, in, especially even in fastball counts, they think, you know, he's got enough on the ball, enough movement to get to, uh, you know, to get it past hitters. Uh, you know, Luke Maley was catching him last night and said he may have called too many, too many breaking balls, you know, in certain situations. So, you know, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a learning process. We'll see how this guy does. You know, Frank Kona said um, he's not scared. He's, He'll compete, but boy, it's just a lot, a lot of traffic in, in two starts, Joe. And I don't, I don't see how you get deep into a game when you're facing, you know, when you're throwing 80, 87 pitches in three and a third innings. Right. And, and for all the subtext subscribers who are in there uh, clamoring for Eli Morgan to come into the starting rotation, uh, you know, we talked about this the other day as well. Uh, I think they like Eli Morgan where he is right now and sort of the, uh, the utility knife, the uh, the Swiss Army knife coming out of the bullpen. He can give you one inning and, and be be really good, or he can give you three innings and sort of extend a, an, an appearance like that. And you know, maybe the next couple of uh, you know starts in that in Savali's spot in the rotation, and even when Savali comes back, because you don't know if he's you know how how deep, deep he'll be able to go. Maybe you keep Morgan just for that just that reason of you want him to pitch, you know, two to three innings uh, in support of whoever does start rather than starting him and having him only be able to go three innings because that's what he stretched out to. Yeah, he was great last night, Joe. What uh, faced uh, 13 guys over over three innings, uh, three scoreless, uh, what, th- uh, three strikeouts, uh, just did a really nice job. The whole bullpen, you know, is, uh, Stefan's performance, notwithstanding, they really picked that. Uh, they picked uh, the ball club up. They picked Pilkington up. You know, one run in five innings—that's not bad. I mean, no, you should win. A, you you should win a ball game. You know, a close game when when you get that kind of relief work. Yeah, and it, that's been the case for the most part. Uh, I, I think Sandlin and uh, Stefan, it, it might be time to make some adjustments uh, against the league now. Uh, because after the first couple of months, both of them have, uh, you know, they've been seen, they're, they're on film, they're, the, the, the hitting coaches are now figuring out game plans to attack them. Um, uh, you know, Sandlin had a rough outing in Houston because he kind of lost the strike zone. That could have been because he didn't pitch for, you know, a week or so. So, you know, once these guys, over the next couple of weeks, just like the rotation, once these guys start getting regular work and get into their routines, you're going to find their command is, is going to be better. And, and you're going to find that uh, they'll, they'll be more effective when, you know, they know, okay, tonight I've got the eighth inning or, you know, tonight I'm, I'm, you know, available for whatever. And, and they're going to, they're going to use me back to back nights or uh, a, a, once that's in their head and they're, they're a little more comfortable that way. I think you'll see all of them take off. And I'm not even going to talk about Sam Henches because I don't want to jinx anything because <laughs> Hentges has just been lights out. Yeah, you know, I, that's a good point with uh, Sandlin. To me, Joe, I don't know about you, but the last time, couple times I've seen him, uh, 
you know, he, he works so fast that when he kind of loses the strike zone, you know, he just, he, you know, he, he needs to step off the mound and take a break or somebody needs to go out and talk to him a little bit because it looks like the faster he works, the more trouble he gets into. And, uh, you know, especially if his slider is, you know, is, is, you know, kind of, you know, whizzing out of the strike zone, which, you know, he has so much movement on that, that uh, it, it seems to, uh, you know, he just got to calm down a little bit on well, the mound and, to me. And, and don't forget, he's got, what, less than a year of major league experience yeah. under his belt. And it was funny that, that Tito said uh, after his outing in Houston, he had to sort of put his arm around him and tell him, hey, look, you know, when there's a runner on base and you're throwing over there, you know, <laughs> just, you know, just focus on the hitter, you know. There's a the, sort of like a checklist that he needs to go through in his mind of, of what's important and what to get in, in each outing. Uh, and, and, you know, it's easy to remember or it's easy to forget that, like you said, eight of these guys made their major league debut last year. We're up to eight this year. There are guys who the game is going a million miles an hour in their head. And, you know, you, it might not be obvious to all, all of us out there, but, uh, you know, in Sandlin's mind, things were going a million miles an hour, and he he lost the strike zone for an inning. Uh, it, it just goes back to last year when when Tristan McKenzie had that that line that said, you know, sometimes I feel overwhelmed while I'm out there on the mound, uh, and it was unusual for us to hear something like that. It, it's good to remember that you know there's there's a whole team of Tristan McKenzies out there uh, trying to trying to figure things out at the big league level. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, I think uh, Francona's point to Sandlin was what he had a six to one, six to two lead. So with, with an out or two outs and there was no reason to throw to first base, just right. concentrate on the hitter. Right. All right. Well, we're going to concentrate on some of these hitters over the weekend, uh, watching and looking forward to uh, Memorial Day on Monday uh, when they, they get back to town. Uh, Hoynes is going to wrap it up for the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks, Joe.